0: Today on The Breakdown, Webster's Dictionary defines hero call to, as to call a bet on the final round of betting with a relatively weak holding after suspecting the betting player is bluffing, so described because the call is considered especially, quote, heroic or brave. In this paper, we will <laughs> show, all right, <laughs> I've always wanted to start a podcast like that, you know, a Webster's Dictionary thing? It's amazing. Um, It's actually not in Webster's Dictionary, of course, Hero Call. That was Poker News' very poor definition, I would say, of a Hero Call. But we're going to talk about a Hero Call right here, right now on this podcast that isn't poor and it isn't well-defined. That's right. It's got Adrian Mateos. There's four players left in the $25,000 High Roller World Series of Poker event number six from 2021. Adrian Mateos is going to be in the blender once again, the superstar of poker going to be in a super tough spot, and we're going to see if he can make a super great decision right now on The Breakdown with Grant Dennison and Jonathan Levy.
1: <laughs> hey, I'm super excited about these hands.
0: Hey, uh, so you have a daughter now. Yes. So when she's significantly older,
1: where... But- it's going to be fine. No, no, it's going.
0: Fine. <laughs> uh, and she gets her wisdom teeth out, if indeed she does. I didn't ever have wisdom teeth, actually, so maybe she no. won't either. I didn't get my wisdom teeth out either, but most kids do. But yours are in your head? They are in my
1: head. Yeah, yes. like I literally don't have the roots. So you're just like a weird mutant. I like to say I'm like the next evolution of humanity, mm. like, because they're useless. I probably don't have an appendix either.
0: Probably not. Yeah, you probably can read minds too. That's no, see,
1: I'm not that evolved. I just don't have the useless parts.
0: I think a lot of further evolutions would say that your face is a useless part. <laughs> <laughs>
1: you know what? My mom always says that.
0: I was trying to ask you about something, and you completely derailed it. Why? Go ahead. All right. So if your daughter is older and, and has to get her wisdom teeth out, yeah. will you save the wisdom teeth, <laughs> or will you for like for the future, or will you uh, like not no keep them? No, I you don't think... want to keep them and give them to her when like she's to,
1: older. I don't like to carry around loose bones. You
0: could, You don't have to care about. You could keep them like in a, a drawer. People I'm guessing,
1: maybe my wife will want to keep them. I don't want to keep them. Okay. Why did you ask me this question?
0: Uh, my niece just got her wisdom teeth out, and I, everyone was all like, "That's great, congratulations!" So I wrote in the in the text chat like, "You know, save those teeth. She'll want them when she's older." And, uh, you know, was there an uproar? Wasn't there an uproar? Who can say? Who can say what the reactions were? I just started to, you know. Test the waters to see how people would react.
1: So this is your take of the day? <laughs> tooth saving is your thing? Not all
0: teeth, just the special ones. <laughs> oh, and how do you define <laughs> a special tooth? I think it's obvious, but if you really, really... I mean, a, a special tooth... Well, first of all, these are called wisdom teeth. They're not called idiot teeth, right? Uh-huh. These are the, the most precious of the teeth. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I sound like a serial killer. Uh-huh. A little bit. Yeah. Or something creepier than a serial killer, somehow. The most precious of the (laughs) teeth, I will keep them forever. Yeah, you don't Uh, kill
1: anybody; you just collect random people's teeth. I
0: have actually been to. Obviously, I don't do any of that really, but I have been to uh, weird stores in Portland that do have like old, like old teeth that you can buy really cheap. Yeah, where in like uh, not too far from where I used to live, by the Indigo, so like uh, in like downtown Portland area, like. Where there's some weird, there's just some weird, like, they're not voodoo stores, but they feel like weird, almost mystical flavored stores a little bit. And yeah, all sorts of strange things you can buy. Old t-shirts, old albums, people's human teeth from forever ago. Weird stuff. I did, but to be clear, I had no interest in buying human teeth. That was weird and disgusting.
1: It's kind of like the original NFT, though, if you think about it. Huh.
0: It's definitely not fungible. Yeah. Non-fungible teeth. Yeah. Non-fungible tooth.
1: That's interesting. Could be worth a lot right now.
0: You know, the. I mean, it doesn't matter how ugly or disgusting it is. Like, if it's the first, people apparently want to shell out money for it. So,
1: The oldest tooth known to man must be worth a lot of money. I'm sure it's worth millions. Yeah.
0: How could it not be? It's probably in a museum somewhere. It should be in a museum right. somewhere. That's an Indiana Jones reference, obviously. Of course. That thing should be in a museum. You know.
1: You delivered it with a plum. Thank you.
0: He says that as he's stealing it, by the way, from the, the people who's... Whose idol it is. <laughs> He's stealing it from them. Hmm. To put it in a museum. It makes no sense. Like, where how can you be so righteous about that? What are you talking about? <laughs> you know st- you just stole it from that's theirs.
1: <laughs> Neoliberalism. Anyway, here we go. Yeah. Um Adrian Mateos is at it again. Hey. Adrian. Yeah. That's what Stapleton likes to he do. He does. Adrian. He always says that. It's a little weird. Yeah. He's got his moments, but you yeah. know. It is what it is. Um He's
0: better, you know, in a One hour produced show than he is in live. I
1: think most people are. Yeah.
0: He, because of the nature of the poker analysis stuff, it it more particularly
1: affects people who don't actually know what they're talking about. Yeah. Which makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Not fully,
0: hopefully, hopefully Stapes won't take that as an insult. Not not to disparage Joe Stapleton.
1: He's just not a poker pro level. Right. I mean, Jake, I mean, he's
0: been very open that, like, at least for many years, Jimmy Fricky, like, yeah. Told him what to say, basically, about all the poker action, that the more sophisticated poker action that was happening. Right? Yeah. Like, for all the produced stuff. That's fine. Like, that's not what he is. He's a comedian. Yes. Yeah. He's good at that. Yeah. Anyway.
1: Adrian Mateos doesn't seem like he would be a good comedian, but he's definitely a good poker player. He's not a good comedian. Also, I can tell you. Oh, you've you've gotten to his stand did, up.
0: His, his five is like the opposite of a tight five. It's like a loose 12. It's rough and it goes on forever. And there's very few laughs.
1: He does. The, he does like those repetitive jokes that are really supposed to just drive home the point over and over again. And that's the whole joke in itself yeah. is that he keeps doing the same like thing. like a Tom Green thing. Yeah. Yeah. That's Adrian. We're past that.
0: Yeah. It was funny when Tom Green did it 25 years ago. You
1: have to be like the weirdest dude in the world to pull that off. Yeah.
0: You know, you're not.
1: Yeah, Tom Green is. Yeah, Tom Green is the bum bum song man. Yeah, but he, your...
0: he really had a moment. That guy. put my bum. On he this... was married to Drew
1: Barrymore. Put my bum on the Swedish. Some weird stuff. So he got fingered. Yes, Freddie got fingered. <laughs> I, I remember that movie. It was not good. Yeah. Um, weird Tom Green thing. Okay, I'm not a fan of The Apprentice or a lot of the things that go around The Apprentice. Yeah, but. Tom Green and Dennis Rodman being on The Apprentice at the same time was appointment television because they would skip everything and just go to strip clubs. No way. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they became, like, really good friends and just, like, got drunk and went to strip clubs instead of doing the and tasks. And they survived on the show for a while? For a little while. Probably because the producers were like, we have to keep this for a yeah. little while. Yeah. Yeah. This is, yeah, I guess good TV is obviously more yeah. important than that. They... And they didn't show, like, inside strip clubs or anything. It was, just, it was just made evident and clear. And there were definitely times when there was, like, an... With air quotes, important meeting, and Dennis Rodman was clearly super hungover, and, and Tom Green was kind of sitting in the corner. I was like,
0: <laughs> "That's great, <laughs> yeah." It
1: was, it was good stuff. It's a, you know an odd pairing, but they worked.
0: Yeah, Dennis Rodman had a lot of that, you know, odd pairings. In his Kim life. Kim Jong Il, Carmen Electra. I mean, it's a weird group. It's a or is it Kim
1: Jong Un? I think it's Un that he's pals with the I the currently alive one. I don't know anymore. Can't keep track. But anyway, Dennis Robin, interesting. Dude. Also, Dennis Robin pairing with himself was an odd pairing. Do you, do you remember that he had a whole parade in downtown Chicago to reveal who he was getting married to and then he stepped out of a carriage in a wedding dress?
0: <laughs> I forgot all about that. But
1: that's what Dennis Robin did. You know, we just don't have guys like that anymore,
0: do we? He was like his own spectacle. Yes, he was. And yet still ultimately harmless, which kind of made it all work, you know? Yeah.
1: It was cool. Yeah so crazy, and you guys should all watch The Last Dance if you hadn't, even if you don't like basketball. Oh, yeah. It's an incredible documentary series. Dennis Rodman went to Las Vegas for, like, weeks in the middle of the season, and Phil Jackson was like, if this is what he needs, I guess, just go for it. I mean,
0: Phil Jackson was right. They won every year, right? So
1: Yeah. Anyway. Anyway, speaking of Las Vegas, that's where this is taking place.
0: Yes, in the World Series of Las Vegas, Poker Nevada.
1: That's correct. Um, We actually... Did another hand from a very similar time in this tournament with four left. There's four left again. This hand occurs after that hand. It's a little bit later. Mateos has chipped up based on that last hand a lot. It was yeah. the King 3 against 5-5 five five hand where Mateos bluffs with King 3. Indeed. Um. So now our 50K, 100K, still four remaining, still 285, I think, for fourth and uh 865 for first. Sounds like that. about
0: right. I'd have to look that up again, but that sounds... Like you're in the ballpark.
1: Yeah. And as we referenced, probably one of the softest 25Ks around because it does occur at the World Series, most likely to attract the most whales. I mean,
0: it ain't soft, but it's softer. Yes. Right.
1: Yes. What's 123 what's entrants, eight? something like that. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. Adrian is here. Jared Jaffe. Jo- Jonathan,
0: Jonathan, Jonathan Jaffe. You keep getting I, I, it
1: wrong. Why do they both have to have J names for their first That's name? a great question. That, it really hurts. It's a really It good makes point. it tough. You know? Yeah. Okay. Jonathan Jaffe. Tyler Cornell. Is that his name, Tyler? And uh, Michael Liang.
0: That's correct. And it is 286 for fourth, which they've all achieved, and 833 for first. 833, okay. And I have, of course, the other payouts, too, if we need them.
1: Uh, No. Okay. No, we don't need them. Anyway, Mateos is the chip leader at the start of this hand with 6.7 million at the 100K big blind level. Tyler Cornell right behind him with 6.1. The other guys, Liang is the effective stack with uh, 38 bigs. So nobody's super short or anything. Okay. Mateus is going to open this action on the button with jack five of diamonds, Min opens to 200K. I guess it's fine, you know, in Mm -hmm. the button opening range.
0: Yeah, it's totally fine.
1: Michael Liang, the effective stack with 3.7, 3.8-ish million. Calls with king of diamonds, five of spades in the big blind. Feels mandatory.
0: Yes. You just have to do it. You're mostly going to play small pots when you flop one pair. You're mostly going to check fold, whatever. We're getting a great price. We're defending.
1: Yep, so we got jack five against king five. And by the way, stick around to the end for the solver analysis, Yeah, which will be done by Danny Sprung. We, we as always, have not seen the solver analysis before doing our own analysis. We're not going to be tainted by it, but we will see at the end what the solver had to say about this hand. And uh, if we were thinking in the ways the solver is thinking or not.
0: Yeah. Solver may not be taking into account everything that we'd want to take into account, but also vice versa. So we'll get another perspective.
1: Right. And uh, Danny, of course, will post his entire solver findings in our Discord. You can find a link to that Discord in the description of this podcast. It's a fun place. We talk about all sorts of stuff, including, you know, English muffins and croissants. Obviously, there's a lot of food. But we also, we make a thread for each individual hand where you can, you know, chat about that. We'll be in there chatting about it, and sometimes food takes might come up Grant has actually said every said me, thread. <laughs> Grant, Grant said
0: to me about 20 minutes ago, should we create just a food takes channel on our Discord, like a separate food takes thing, so that way it doesn't sort of get into every other thread? Yeah. And we're considering it. <laughs> it may have
1: to happen. Yeah, by the time this comes out, it will or won't have happened. You I'll know?
0: say this. When I left last night, because I, I had looked at it, there was more normal food take stuff, meaning like, you know, English muffin croissant, I had said something about coffee, ice cream. People were making fun of me for hating salt and vinegar, potato chips. That was the end of it. I got back today, and I looked just at one comment that you made. It it was some poker thing. At the very end, I said, also, I'm a corn tortilla man or something like that. That wasn't me. I didn't know. Someone did that. Yeah. And I was just like, what have we devolved into? What have (laughs) we become? Yeah. It's pretty funny. Yeah. So anyway, uh, yeah. So we may do separate food take stuff to keep it clean. Keep the other poker stuff a little more. Yeah, I'm concerned. Siloed.
1: I'm, I'm concerned about how sanitary that's actually going to make everything else.
0: Yeah, I understand. Well, yeah. whatever, we'll figure it out. There yeah. We go. But yeah, there's there's a lot going on there, and it's fun and it's free. Of course, it's not all food takes. There's, there's a lot a of poker.
1: Very active your hands section where people post their hands. You can post your hands. People will review, analyze, talk about the hands, including us, and it's fun.
0: Yep. Also, of course, as Grant mentioned, uh, every every hand that we do for this show has its own separate channel so you can get in and talk to people about this podcast and the video and what you think and hear what other people think. So if you want to go deeper or have more conversation about it, you can do it there.
1: Yes. All right. So anyway, King Five, Jack Five. Okay. The flop is gonna be favorable to one Michael Liang, who by the way is a pro. He's yes. Not not like a businessman or anything. He's a he's uh, not
0: like a high-end pro, but he's playing this 25K, and here he is with four left. He's, he's at least completely he's, legit. He's probably pretty
1: minute. damn good at poker. Exactly. Yeah.
0: Right, right. I don't think he's like Justin Bonomo levels good having watched this whole final table, but he's certainly not a fish in
1: any way. Right. Flop, king of hearts, five of clubs, eight of diamonds. Yeah. So Liang flops top and bottom. Mateos flops bottom pair with a backdoor diamond draw. Liang checks. Makes sense on this board. You'd expect Mateos to continue a lot of the time. Yeah. Is this a bet or a check for Mateos? I think this is usually a bet. Just equity
0: denial? Mostly equity denial. This is a board we are going to bet a lot anyway, as you mentioned. Um, it's a relatively dry king high board. Like yeah. that, That's our board to bet, I think, mostly. Uh, I know the solver actually disagreed with that last time we did it. It was a similar kind of board, Yeah, but when still. Uh,
1: Kerry Katz, yeah. we expected him to bet a ton of his range on the king 3-5 board, and the solver wanted him to check 60% of his range. That was really
0: surprising. Um, I still want to bet here. I think it's absolutely profitable. It's going to do well. We've got Ace King. We've got certainly King Queen. We've got sets of. We got all the sets. We have pocket aces. We we have we have, a, we have a bit of. We don't have the two pairs, but we have everything else. Actually, we even have some of the two pairs. We got. We actually do have all the suited versions of the two pairs. Actually, we just don't have all the off two pair stuff. As Mateos, I feel like that's more than enough to bet here. Seems fine. We also have the backdoor flush draw. How do we not bet?
1: Seems yeah. clear. And it seems like a small bet is in order because yeah. equity denial is your aim here. And, you know, you're going to accomplish that with similar frequency with a small bet and a big bet. We're trying
0: to follow that like jack 10 and 910 and stuff like that. So that just has, you know, that's just going to annoyingly win against us.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Potts 550K, Mateos does bet. He bets 135. So he's just trying to give yep. himself the best price he really can, thinks he can get away with. Yep. As Liang, is this always a raise? I think this is mostly a raise. Yeah, just hoping Mateos has a king. Yep, hoping
0: he has a king or a big stra- or a big draw or something. Yeah, uh, but like the only draw is six seven, really. Well, there's there's gut shots, but yeah, the, the draw oh, he would continue with. Yeah, yeah, Like he wouldn't just continue with the gutter. You're right. Um, I think as Liang, it's like when we call here, it just goes check check a lot on the turn. And now we're playing a very small pot. And like if he's got something, let's get value because Mateos is too good just to keep firing all the time on the turn. He's just not going to do that. You know, he's going to be very nuanced with those decisions. So.
1: Yeah, and I I think also, uh, from a wider strategy perspective, a lot of pros and other players in general, like Mateos, are employing these small bets that can serve as equity denial um, more easily than the bigger bets of of past eras, you know, as profitable equity denial. And the counter strategy to that is, of course, to raise more frequently. um, Because a lot of the time when you're doing equity denial, you don't really want to get raised. So it would make sense to want to raise with a little bit more frequency against a player who's going to make a lot of small flop bets for often the purposes of equity denial.
0: Yep. Yep. Um, I think, I just think this is a good, this is a board that does hit Mateos a fair amount, even though we have a king in our hand and we block some of that. I just feel like it's a pretty clear raise. Mateos is also a good enough player that he's not just going to go folding everything right away, you know? Well, yeah. So like if he has a pair, certain pairs at least, um, this is going to be an interesting one because he has the bottom pair. But if he had like two queens and decided to bet, which sometimes players do, sometimes players check that. Um, if he had two tens and decided to bet, he might very well call a, a, the first raise anyway, you know, this first bit. Now, I don't know if he's going to call a turn bet also, but we still may be maximizing value this way. Yeah. I, li- I like a raise for sure.
1: Liang does make the raise. It's not that big compared to the pot size, actually. It goes 465 over 135. There was already 550 in the pot before Mateo's yeah. bet. So it's a pretty small raise. Still, should this. Fold out Mateos. He's among the worst hands he'll ever show up with. He doesn't really even. He doesn't even have a backdoor straight draw, just a backdoor flush draw.
0: I mean, he's going to show up with a lot worse hands, right? You mean made hands, equity uh, denial hands? Okay, yeah, fair enough. Yeah, that is because he can have the baby pocket pairs. Baby. Yes, that's about it. Um, well, because he has the backdoor flush draw, because he's in position, I am. At, and also maybe because he bets so small and this raise is ultimately not that huge. You know, it's a raise to four and a half blinds. Yeah, maybe it just feels like pretty easy to call and see what happens on the turn. And the idea is, like, you know you're folding most turns as Adrian, but this is the way you you protect your betting range here so that he can't just raise you all the time and just get insta-folds from everything that isn't too strong, you know? And like Because he's going to have bluffs that he's going to give up on the turn a lot, or we're going to improve sometimes on the turn. And, and that we don't really want to improve in this case because any improvement does not help us, right? A five is bad. Five is the worst. A jack is bad, too. A diamond is something, but... Still, I just feel like we have to call. We're Adrian Mateos. This is a high-level table. This isn't, this isn't like your $200 tournament where the guy always has it. It's the old guy, and he always has it, right?
1: Yeah, but of course, you have to use distribution, and you're going to have some air. But, yeah. right, so are you calling with 100% of your equity denial range? I don't think
0: so. But you want, you want to call with um, the weaker parts of your equity denial range, I think you want to call that also have other backdoor things working for them. This is one of those hands. Yeah. If we had Jack 5 and we, that was suited but didn't have any of the suits on the board, I think that's a bet fold. I think, because we have to fold some things, right? Yeah. Um, and other, and we may have other fives that aren't uh, suited at all. You know, we could have ace-five and decide to fold that, maybe. Uh, that's my initial hit. What do you think?
1: Yeah, I think the diamonds are what leads Mateos to ultimately call. Yeah. I imagine he would fold a fiat jack-five of spades, which is... No backdoor flush draw. I
0: think so, too. And he's like, once in a while, I'm folding the best hand for now, but of course, I don't have great equity. Right. Right? Like, so many bad things can happen. With the diamonds, like, there's a lot more turn cards that you can work with and barrel on and or just not fold or whatever. Yep. Makes you harder to play against.
1: It's tough to find a field that I would be playing in where this call would make sense. Yeah, I understand that. Well, if yeah. you're
0: deep enough, and they aren't super deep here, but if you were really deep, you, this call makes a lot more sense. Yeah. But in this case, where Liang starts with 37 blinds, that doesn't really... That's not really in play either. Right. Like, you're not making this call in the main event. In level one, you could, but not later on. Not, not oh, in at these, blind, at oh, these At oh. these effective stacks. 100% we're folding, yeah. right? Unless you're up against super tricky, super bluffy, super yeah. aggro player, then you might not even bet this hand. Right. If you're betting, you're betting to call, it, but you know that ahead of time. Yeah. Yeah. By the way, to be clear, watching Liang play, and I watched this whole final table, he was not check-raising a lot of f- flops. So, FYI, like from Mateos' point of view... I think if he's calling this, and I think he's calling because of those diamonds as much as anything else, he really cannot continue on a brick, I don't think. On a brick and a bet. I just don't think he can because Liang has not been loosey-goosey at all. Right, He's been the tightest of the four players for sure, the most careful and pot-controlly, if anything.
1: Yeah. I mean I
0: mean that's a reason to fold right now.
1: It is, and it's not really a great board to expect too many bluffs from a guy who's not check raising a lot, right? Like I
0: mean, there's a lot of gut shots and a lot of open enders. But if he's not oh, check raising a
1: lot, he might not be check raising gut shots too that is frequently. Exactly you know? the problem.
0: I don't know that he's check he might just call with all those hands. It's one thirty five. You could just choose to call and not put many chips in at all.
1: I mean we block King five and eight five, that's nice, but like it's not mm-hmm. it's not a that significant of a combinatorial deluge that we remove. There's also King Eight looming large you know king eight looms pretty large
0: um pocket eights doesn't and kings don't though that's true so that so really it's just king eight is i mean obviously there is a king five still and five eight but blocking that to some degree king eight is the hand we're really afraid of if anything that's not too much at least it's not great there's I mean, nine there's, combos
1: yeah there. i mean there's still six combos of of king five right in yeah, five eight
0: so, yeah right. so there's Each. those things too sure yeah. So that's uh, 12 and, what do we say, 9. So there's 21 combos of obvious value. And I guess pocket fives is one more combo. Yeah. Um, for whatever, 22 combos. But that's the only value I can come up with. If he's doing this with, no, I don't think he is, if he's doing this with 6-7 and some gutters, yeah, then we're going to get there really easily. Yeah, yeah. Um, that said, I, again, I think without, without the diamonds, Mateos is never calling here. Yeah. Because he knows he needs more. He needs a way to get himself out of this type of situation,
1: actually. You know? I'm gonna guess the solver is gonna want to do something weird for Liang, like like raise with King Deuce Plus. Like it feels like the solver always wants to do stuff like that.
0: <laughs> well, I, yeah, maybe. Also, especially against like button versus big blind type yeah. ranges, it wants to be way more aggressive. Right. Um, when you're the big blind, you have anything because because the solver's check raising. I think a lot of gutters and stuff like yeah. That either, so it needs to have more value and knows it's gonna get called more or believes it's gonna get called
1: more. At least. Little side conversation. Do you think it's reasonable? In this position against this player, yeah. as Liang, to, to raise a hand like king-queen on this flop.
0: Oh, it's so close. Uh, part of me said... Well, first of all, it's, it's got to be at least reasonable. Yeah. Right? Uh, we get ourselves in some really weird, sticky situations, especially being out of position doing that. Right? Where by bloating the pot, not only can bad cards come, just like if... Let's say we, we do that and he calls, and we bet the turn on a brick, kind of biggish, and he calls again... Now we're basically one to one stack to pot, give or take. Yeah. With one pair at a position against Adrian Mateos, where if we check, I mean, we just don't know what to do when he shoves on us, right? Like, yeah. What are we supposed to do? I guess we have to call. That doesn't sound good. Folding doesn't, doesn't sound good either. Yeah, you're right. So, so I mean I I really want to just play a more pot control give leave his bluffs more open. Like if like by check raising, we're really cutting down on a lot of the bluffs he can have, right? Yeah. And then, so then like he's gonna have more value there and it's harder to it's hard to make the right decision, I think.
1: But if we're going to go down the rabbit hole of levels, yeah. like, Mateo, we you, you think Mateo should be calling with Jack 5 on this board, right? Yeah. And when he makes this small equity denial bet, and this raise, like, is a, the combat to the equity denial bet, it's also can That's be a, point. a way to maximize value with top pair that has a reasonable kicker.
0: I don't disagree. I think we just have to have a plan, because our hand is so good with King-Queen. King-5 is easy, right? Yeah. Like, we just don't ever fold it. Yeah. No big deal. But King-Queen is like... I'm not sure what the plan is. That's the problem. Yeah. So as long as we have a clear plan, it's fine, to, it's fine to follow through. We just have to have a clear plan to know why we're having it. I don't know if I like any of the options that we, we put ourselves in this. We sort of paint ourselves in a corner sometimes when we're trying to get value. I guess, do we shove and hope he calls the river on brick brick? Is he going to call enough? I'd be worried about that. If we check, are we calling shoves? Does that mean we're opening ourselves up to just like the straight draws that don't get there are going to punish us? Or he turns one pair into a bluff that is he figures isn't good a lot? Well, there's not that many straight draws. There aren't. But when he calls the check raise, he's got, well, I mean, if he has a five, if he has jack five of diamonds. Let's say a diamond comes on the turn. We bet with king queen and he calls brick on the river. We check now. He knows jack five is no good. Is he going to shove sometimes? Yeah, we maybe. Check? He might be like, uh, you know, you, wouldn't you bet all, for value with all your really good stuff? Wouldn't you? Like almost all, most of the time? He's Adrian. We, we see he's willing to take big shots. Are we really calling off? I just don't know. And if I don't have a clear plan there, I don't want to walk down that path when I can so comfortably go check, call, check, call, check, call with King-Queen most of the time.
1: I definitely agree. And I, I think that's why most players would play King-Queen that way. Yeah. I just think it's worth exploring at these high levels, like trying to find ways to make more value against these guys yeah. who are just going to chip at you.
0: I strongly agree. And actually, it may be way more optimal to check, raise, and just go with the hand. Basically, go for value and go with the hand and figure, like, you know, if he's got ace king plus, too bad for me. Like, I'm probably losing it all anyway. I started the hand with 37 blinds. Like, I may not lose it all, but I'm going to be, I would be close to losing it all anyway. This way, I do lose it all, but maybe I either deny equity or more importantly, get real value, get more value than I otherwise would get with the king queen. And maybe the best players are going to find that, those marginal edges. But also, you have to be able to read the board as it comes out on turn and river and know when to give up and when not to. Of course. And, that's going to be some really close marginal stuff, I think. Yeah. So that's so if you've got all that work done, then probably the raising king queen is the right play when we're this short. But if you don't really have that cold, I think you're probably best suited to just play it more traditionally.
1: I, I mean, I know this is, happens. We we have discussions like this on almost every podcast, but this type of leveling discussion and and the game theory behind it really always drives home for me like how incredible this game is. Mm-hmm. It's just like such a simple game that like think about the level of analysis and play that goes into Justin Bonomo and the yeah. way he thinks about this game. If there wasn't money involved, nobody would have ever solved this game to this extent. It would just, of course. like people would have no, no fucking idea what they were doing. Like mm-hmm. it, they would be terrible. It would be awful. Yeah. Like it's a very interesting how far this game has come, especially since the moneymaker boom.
0: I have a, a coaching client who's, you know, of course, Grant and I do poker coaching. Uh, And one of the things he said, he says, actually, we've done, I think, three or four sessions now. Every session he brings this up, but he said it immediately on the first session, too, when he was just talking about wanting to get coaching. He said, poker is hard. And as someone who's been successful at poker for so long, you know, like I've been making money in poker since like 2004, Mm -hmm. uh, I don't think of it that way. I I mean, I think there's there's challenging aspects to it, but I don't think of it as overall just a hard game to win. When he said it, it really resonated with him. Like, oh, yeah, most people lose at poker. Yeah. It is hard. It's actually really hard. Like, think about the amount of time you and I put into so examining these plays and stuff like that, right? Um, so, like, I've had like a new appreciation for the sophistication and complexity of poker, uh, and how you can make pretty good cases for lots of different decisions at many different inflection points. You know, yeah,
1: it's really cool. I think inherent in what you're saying there, which is also interesting and also a little bit disheartening for a lot of people, is that you kind of have to put in the amount of effort required for a full time job to win at meaningful stakes. Yeah. Uh, at this point. Maybe maybe you didn't in two thousand five. You just had to like know a few basic principles that the other guys didn't know. Well when uh, you say it,
0: I mean meaningful stakes, what do you mean
1: by that? To with the ability to get enough with with like reasonable volume yeah. to uh to actually make a living,
0: you know? Uh ah, so like at least like five ten, maybe yeah. five five if you're gonna play constantly five
1: five. Yeah.
0: Five five pepper
1: plus. and some like three hundred to fifteen hundred dollar tournament stuff. Yeah, yeah. That kind of stuff. Yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah. You actually have to be pretty good at this point. That's yeah. true. My dad, you know, back in the day when I became a professional poker player, he used to say that I, got a, I gave myself a master's in poker, hmm. which I thought was a, a reasonable way to think about it, you know? Uh, obviously, we've continued to learn all these years and we've gotten better because of the show, I think. Oh, sure. Um, but at the time, like, I read a lot of books. I talked poker constantly. I thought about it constantly. I played it constantly. I was obsessed with it for years. And, uh, and that made me better. Also, I am a deeply competitive person and will do whatever it takes to win. Not cheat, I mean, but, like, whatever it takes to win. I will keep pushing myself to try and win something, and so that really serves me in something like this, I will say.
1: Yeah, it's just, you know, it's tough if you have a full-time job, I imagine, which I have not had for many years. (laughs) Yeah, I do have a family, but... Yeah, yeah. do you? Thanks for asking. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, you do? I have a wife and a child. Hmm. Does that count? Oh!
0: Oh, the one with the
1: wisdom teeth.
0: Yeah. We talked about that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. The way you'll know you have a child is you'll keep those teeth.
1: <laughs> That's right. That's <laughs> anyway.
0: Right. But yeah, but like, yeah, full-time job, people get really busy in their lives. Also, most full-time jobs take a lot more than full-time, right? Sure. Plus the family, plus whatever else is going on in your life. Hey, you know, you're addicted to cocaine. Guess what? Harder to learn poker.
1: I guess in a way, that's kind of the value of podcasts like this, right? Like, if you have a full time job, you probably have a commute a lot of the time. You can listen to strategy podcasts and, you know, that helps a little bit. I mean,
0: our good friend Mitch Towner had been playing $300 and lower tournaments and listened to this podcast. That's literally all he did. And then played in the World Series of Poker uh, Millionaire Maker and won it. It was the monster stack. It was the monster stack and won it for $1.1 million. And that was the biggest tournament he'd ever played in just in terms of buy-in not just in terms of you know what he yeah
1: had. to be fair to to the world everybody is not Mitch okay Mitch is
0: super smart but the point is that like uh, he gave himself an education that way too and so there it's possible you're right Mitch is Mitch is one of the smartest people we know he
1: he won he's under 25 he was one of the top five bridge players in the yeah, United yeah. States. Fine. And yeah, he won the Magic: The Gathering Junior World Championship over uh, Sam Stein when he was still, seventeen. It's still he's incredible. Pretty it's, yeah. He's pretty good at games. He's pretty good at games, but it's
0: still <laughs> incredible that yeah. he was able to do that with poker. Anyway, right? It's still kind of amazing. Right? Yeah, yeah. But you're right. He's he's very good at games. Yeah. All right. Bad example. Let's move on.
1: Okay. Let's let's move on to nitrogen sports. Okay. Which is a place where you can give yourself a damn education. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. Get your pH nitrogen. And Nitrogen Sports. Get your Nitro HD. Yeah. And Nitrogen hmm. Sports. I don't know about that Use one. Use the link in the description of this podcast when you sign up. That gives you access to our monthly tournament. There's always an overlay. It's called the Always an Overlay Automatic Tournament.
0: Automatic Overlay Tournament. Automatic yeah.
1: Overlay Tournament. It's not actually called that, it's called no, the Poker Guys Monthly Tournament. We
0: love calling it that because that's what it is. Yep.
1: There will always be extra money in the prize pool contributed by nitrogen. They like to give money away, you know? Yeah. So that's one of the ways they do it if you use the link. Also, they have March Madness stuff that they'll do, free entry for you. You can win Bitcoin. Um, NFL Survivor Pool is going on right now where somebody's going to win some Bitcoin. You know, it's great. And if you win the money, you get it out fast. You said NFL Survivor Pool, but I heard Edible Survivor Pool. And I was like, huh. Edible there's a lot
0: Survivor. of places I I, one could go with that.
1: I'm sure you'd love to, edible survival pool. Uh, you know, save it for your next fan fiction that you write. Wow, that's where you took it. Was
0: that hurtful? It's always sexual with you. Every joke is sexual. I didn't say
1: sexual fan fiction, but you implied it. Wow, I wonder what your fan fictions are like. It's pretty.
0: It's pretty hardcore. <laughs> pretty hard. Pretty much always penetration. <laughs> <from>. <laughs>
1: great, great nitrogen <laughs> ad. Oh, yeah, <laughs> we're still in the nitro ad. Yeah, I, yeah. I'm sure they appreciate you it. You know what?
0: It's a gambling site. There's going to be uh, some loose talk. <laughs> sure. Why not?
1: Get in there, get you some poker, get yeah. you some other stuff, get you some Bitcoin. All right. Okay. We've got Mateos with Jack 5 of diamonds and Liang with King 5 off on oh. a King 5, 8, 1 diamond board. Mateos has bet and called the check raise. Mateos is in some
0: serious trouble here, but you'd think on a lot of turns he's just going to be able to get away. Non-diamond, non-Jack, non-5 turns. He's yep. going to be able to get away, so it shouldn't be too bad.
1: 1.48 million in the pot. Yes. Turn is the 7 of spades. Yes. Liang checks.
0: Yes. All right. Let's talk about it. What is
1: he doing?
0: Okay. So when I first saw this, I had an instant thought, which I, I'm not so sure I believe anymore. I'm locking in my instant thought to see if it's the same okay. as yours. So that all his bluffs are like straight draws, right? Yeah. Um, so his value is strong, and his bluffs are straight draws. Straight draws all improved. Yes. To either a straight or to a pair of sevens. Yes. Um, see, if he had king eight, I would, this would make more sense to me. Having king five, he blocks the five. He unblocks the eight. You think you could bet here targeting the eight... The question is, would you bet if you had, if you would hit the seven, you wouldn't, right? You'd almost always that's check. That's what I was thinking. He was right. trying to rep a seven. Yeah, exactly. He's saying, I just have a seven. I had a straight draw. Now I don't need to bet anymore. Yeah. So I can check. Um, now, I don't know if he's planning to check raise or check call. I don't think it really matters right no. now. But I think but I think that's what this is all about anyway, right?
1: It seems like that would be the main reason to check. That's where I went first is like, especially six, seven. He's like, I'm is, you're repping six, seven here.
0: Yeah. Six, seven, seven, nine. Yeah
1: whatever. 5-7, or 4-7, yeah. which yeah. is less likely, but possible. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it seems like that's what's it going on. It feels like, well, because, yeah, now he has, he always has something now. He's not afraid that Mateos just made king 7 or 6-9. Like, that's no not, that's not what he's worried. Not like, it's deal. possible, but it's very unlikely, and that's yeah. not what he's worried
0: about. No, no, he's, no, he's trying not to lose Mateos, and he's afraid he's going to lose him too often. Especially on this card. Yeah. Like, if he were to bet again, Mateos is going to fold all his fives. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess he's going to call with his eights. Right, because you're beating but but would Liang actually bet just a seven once he improves here? Probably not. No, probably right? not. He'd probably check it. So he's playing that, he's playing the role there and trying to really confuse Adrian, which is a pretty tricky play. I don't know how I feel about it actually. I don't either. Because, like, on one level, it's gonna confuse Adrian, which is good. When you're confusing one of the better players in the world is a great thing to do. Yes. However, just send
1: a w- bunch of dead chickens to his house, <laughs> you know,
0: <laughs> with a note that says We've all, we're all watching you, yeah. you know, and, it, and the implication is the chickens that yeah. were watching him, yeah. and wrote the note, but now they're dead. You've got to
1: put the googly eyes on the chickens yeah. to make it clear that you're talking about the chickens.
0: <laughs> that will confuse him. Yeah. Um, but, you know, in this case, uh, so confusing him is good in terms of the deception, but, like, we've got a very strong hand, and he just called a check raise. What if he has a
1: king, and he's just going to keep calling? Are we, is he going to bet a king, or is he going to check a king now? I'm not sure. Well, like, I think if he really believes the story that we're trying to tell he would bet a king for value and equity denial.
0: Yeah, he might. But now he, gets to, now he gets to set the price. If we're going for a check raise, I don't know that a king is going to call the check raise. Well, we might not be. I don't know. Um, if we're not going for a check raise, he can go check-check a lot on the river. Like, I feel like we're missing out on our chance to get three streets a lot of the time by checking here. And I'm concerned about that.
1: Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. I think maybe Liang is concerned that he blocks the king and yeah. that Mateos will fold eights is most likely holding.
0: If he bets again, because yeah. he's saying, I don't... When he bets again, he's saying, I don't have a seven. Yeah. That means I have value. Right. That's a good point. Yeah. Mateus, maybe Mateos can fold a lot of things, actually, yeah. because of that. You know, he's like, why would you bet again if you had seven, seven, eight? Right. right. You, wouldn't you check that? Like, you can beat some things now. Like, you don't need to bet.
1: You mean six, seven, of course. Six,
0: seven, of course, because seven, eight is two pair. Yeah. Um. So maybe Adrian can sometimes fold a king, even, as much as a king. If, well, if you believe that, then I really like the
1: check. Yeah, hard to know. And this is all speculation, obviously. Now... Based on everything we've said about Liang's stuff, it feels like Mateos can't really bet, right? I mean, like, there's not a ton of value in betting now They it's been checked to, even though it seems like you're very likely to be behind.
0: Because you think, like, if we have a king, we can bet because we can get value. Yeah. We expect to get called a lot. Right. So, like, yeah, we don't think we, don't think we can really fold him out. Right. If he has 6-7, he's not check-folding. Right. If he, well, if he has a 7 and a straight draw, he's going to call. Yeah. So what's the point of betting? when we have a five only to set up a big bet on the river too. We can do that anyway. We can bet
1: the river anyway. I think a check is better. I'm starting to feel like maybe Liang's only really repping a six, seven. Well, especially four seven feels like it's not quite good enough to check call. Like I don't like it. It just doesn't feel that good. Like I'd rather bet it and just make life a little bit easier for myself as Liang. If I had four, seven, Hmm. um, Maybe nine seven is slightly better enough to to check call. I mean, they
0: really play exactly plays exactly the same as they four, do, seven, doesn't
1: it? They do, but I mean, yeah. you, you have to draw the line somewhere, I guess. But it just it feels like four seven feels pretty pretty shitty if you check and Mateos bets a million.
0: Yeah, it does. That's true. That's true. I mean, Mateos could probably size it up two fold out even six seven potentially. Yeah, in in theory, um, but. Maybe he doesn't know enough about Liang to know if that's a good idea or not. Yeah. Liang also hasn't check-raised much at this final table at all. At all. He's not been very active post-flop. He's been doing a lot of, a lot of pot control, a lot of check-calling, a lot of check-folding. So I'd be very concerned about this. I would not want to put a bet in
1: as Mateos based on everything I know about this guy. It's a very curious line, kind of a fishy line. And really strange. Yeah. Thing. Yeah. Yeah, so Mateos does check, and I think that makes sense. I, like I feel like he doesn't lot. have a ton of fold equity.
0: He's like, I'm probably always losing right now. That's okay. I haven't put a lot in this pot. It's no big deal. Like, I don't, I don't expect Adrian to call a bet on the river unless he improves. Right? Why would he call a bet on the river? He's always losing right now, right?
1: Yeah. yeah.
0: Unless he's going to try and, again, steal it like he did against Tyler Cornell. Maybe you could decide to do that. But like we said, even with Cornell, Cornell bet really small, and Adrian was able to range him correctly. Like, if Liang checks again, are you even going to get – I don't know if we're going to be able to fold him out. Maybe. Like So I think the plan should be, like, check and lose mostly and just move on. Yeah. That's fine. We haven't put that much into this pot. Who cares? We put six blinds in. It's fine.
1: Well, I got bad news. Okay. I I can handle it. Give me the good news first. All right. The good news is, as Adrian Mateos, you've won... Over twenty million dollars in your lifetime, twenty-five even twenty-five. Yeah. You're doing well. Yeah, unless you're just losing tons in cash games, oh, which I we're am. unaware of. I am, so that's not so. Oh, that wasn't good news. Well, let's pretend that that's not the case. Okay. So the right. good news is you're you're on top of the poker world and you got a lot of money.
0: <laughs> yeah, I don't know anything. I assume Adrian's not losing tons no, of cash. No, probably games, not. Obviously. Just going for a little bit there. Please continue. A little joke. Um, the bad news. Yeah. Go the, ahead.
1: The river is the jack of spades. Ooh, that's bad. Yeah, that's really. It feels like good news, you know.
0: Yes. No. Right now, it's great. But it's going to be bad. It seems very clear that it's going to be a bad thing. It's kind of
1: like if you're um, Steve from Wyoming, who I know is listening, uh, or, yeah, Steve from Wyoming, who thinks the rapture is good news for him. <laughs> but actually, it's not going to be, be such left <laughs> it's not such good news, Steve. <laughs> yeah, it's like
0: that. Yeah. Uh, they, they're always watching Steve. <laughs> oh, just like those chickens. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so, so this is... so Okay, so the Jack comes... If you're Liang, you're very aware that there is, there's a very obvious hand you're now losing to. King, King Jack. Jack. But we're going to lose that hand. We're paying, like a big bet's going against King Jack no matter what. Mm-hmm. Like we know that. So I don't think we have to be afraid of that so much, right? Like if we get raised, we can probably find folds a lot of the time, I would think. Depending on how we size it, of course. If we do baby sizing and we get raised, we probably can't fold. Mm-hmm. If we do big sizing, I think we can very easily fold um he makes an interesting choice here and i think maybe even to make this decision easy for himself he chooses very big size yeah
1: 1.77 million into a pot of 1.48 million leaving himself with 1.2 million he's like i hey, guess you just fold to a shelf you, i think you have to yeah
0: i think you're like how can this guy bluff me in this right. pot? like it's so hard to make this bluff that's crazy to bluff me here
1: so this is a very strange line from liang yep check raise check massive bet super weird line I don't know what to make of it overall. If we're Mateos,
0: what are we... Th- okay, let's come up... Let's forget about the value for a second, although we're beating... are we? One question is, are we
1: beating value when he bets this much? No, never, I don't think. Does he ever have worst two pair? Flopped bottom two? It feels like so much more of a bet on the turn than, he, than top and bottom. Yeah. But maybe not. Maybe a little bit. Maybe a little bit. Uh, maybe he can have 5'8". But that's the only worst could, 2 pairs. Could
0: he ever have check-raised 8-7? So the solver, I know, wants him to check-raise like pairs in these spots sometimes, like all pairs. I would not be considering that. I wouldn't I think that was too reasonable either. And also, I would expect him to continue a lot more on the turn with yeah. that. Although, maybe it's going to be the same thing from his point of view. Maybe. maybe it's all the same. It probably would be. Okay, I think we have to believe there's at least a tiny bit of 8-5 and a tiny bit of 8-7 possible.
1: A five feels a lot more reasonable to put in the range than eight seven. I agree,
0: but I, I want to put at least a little bit of eight seven in there because I know the solvers at least sometimes want people to check raise. We can put
1: an eighth of a combo in for eight seven, but like it doesn't feel reasonable to put too much in there. I mean,
0: I'm guessing when we get to the solver that it's really not going to agree with that sentiment, and okay. so if he's trying to do any kind of solver work at all, he may know that he's supposed to be raising more. Maybe. Um, so it's somewhere between an eighth of a combo and you know three combos of eight seven, you know something okay. like that. Um, whatever. So there's a little bit of value maybe we can beat as Adrian. Everything else is bluffs. So he's got to be turning one pair into a bluff if he's bluffing, right? And it's got to be like a seven because what else would he be? He,
1: he doesn't, unless he just check raised with complete air.
0: I guess he, he could have also check raised just a five to deny equity, got called, shutting down now, especially when the seven comes, which is a bad card for him then. And now he's like, maybe I can get you to fold because you didn't even bet the turn. I don't know. Let's try and win this spot. I'm going to bet huge. Good luck. Something like that. I mean, it feels tough, but. Yeah, And he doesn't feel like the kind of guy who's doing that very much either based on his actual history at this table.
1: Yeah, that's, that's uh, kind of a big deal too. So
0: here we are. We're Mateos. We don't beat much value at all. We can't really think of bluffs that make sense that we think our opponent would even do. Maybe a few, but not much.
1: We kind of got much stronger. Yeah, because we don't think, just to be clear, we don't think Liang is going to do this with six seven now, do we? Is he going to do it because he thinks he's not winning enough?
0: Well, Maybe. This is sort of like what I was saying. Like the, it's similar in some ways to like if he had a five in check race, right? It's yeah. the same idea of like, I'm taking one pair and turning into a bluff because I'm, I'm at the bottom yeah. of those things. I, th- it's, I mean, the only way we can consider calling, I think, is if we think that's possible, right? Because otherwise, we've just beat too little of the value to, to call.
1: Now, at these levels, that's supposed to be possible among the pros. But if you think Liang is maybe taking a shot outside of his normal levels, I do. Then maybe it's not as likely for him.
0: My belief is that he is. It's possible I'm wrong. Okay. But my belief is that he is, and I haven't seen him with any kind of speed at all. Like, we did a hand last week, I think, about Mateos at the same time, final table, four left, where he... Tyler Cornell, who's the chip leader at the time, bets two blinds on the river or something like that, and Adrian raises, like, 10x yeah. on the river with a slightly worse hand just to fold out the kind of hands that Tyler has. Adrian has that kind of speed. Right. It's possible. We've seen him for... A, 12 years we've seen him do things like that. 15 years. Johnny Laden has hands against him that he'll never forget because Adrian was like... It's definitely not been 15 years. but you know. Whatever it's been. Yeah. Um, you're right. But uh, George Liang, we have no history of him doing anything Who's like that. Who's George Liang? He's Michael Liang's uh, good friend and poker mentor. Uh,
1: and, you, and you've been able to pick his brain. So you assume <laughs> that he's going to
0: be playing in a similar way to yeah. Michael. But let's talk about Michael. Okay. <laughs> uh, yeah, Michael Liang, we just have no evidence of that at all and of course this is a streamed game so they're they're learning about what everyone has every 30 minutes and you know, if right. anything notable happens so there's so if liang was showing speed Mateus would know it yeah uh he hasn't been so the, that the, makes it tougher to call the here. issue
1: on the other side of it though is the check on the turn yeah it just throws a big old wrench in everything because
0: now what's he checking that he's doing why would he check the turn okay he turned the nuts he had nine six or something like that it's such a good
1: hint to bet you don't block any pairs i know you know?
0: So good. Uh, yeah. So, and it's he never has Jack Seven. We don't have to worry about Jack Seven because that's like where he checks the turn and then got there with the big with the big two pair on the river. And yeah. Now he's betting for value. I mean, I guess he has maybe a tiny bit of Jack Seven, but that does not feel reasonable. No. And he's shown no proclivity towards doing weird Victor
1: Blom type stuff like that. Right. Well, there's another piece to this. Go because we have to assume there's going to be some level of bluff from a player that's at least. Good okay. enough to have that show. in his range.
0: And obviously, he does bluff in small ways throughout this
1: final table, like most people would. Yeah. So where are we in our distribution? As Mateos,
0: as played, we are. Oh, obviously, King Jack is a better hand that we play like this.
1: Would we? Mm-hmm. Oh, we might bet
0: the turn. With yeah, King we Jack. might.
1: We might. Like maybe we have a few combos of King Jack. Sure. Okay, but, but not many. Yeah. Yeah. Besides that, doesn't feel like we have any sets. Nope. Unless we have a set of jacks. Set set of jacks makes sense. Okay. We can have a set of jacks. Yeah. Cool.
0: So some, some combos of king-jack, all the sets of jacks yeah. could be here. Um, so that's like six combos or something total, those yeah. two things. Anything else that we could have? If we had any other set, we would have bet the turn at a minimum if we yeah. raised the flop, right? We, yeah. would have done, we would have put in more action.
1: So we're probably pretty high up in our distribution because we obviously also have every other five in the deck, every other eight in the deck, and every other king in the deck. Yeah. Well, not every other king. We're going to bet a lot of the kings on the turn. But we definitely have all the fives and the eights that we're going to play.
0: There's no obvious blocker stuff going on here. Like having like a nine or a six isn't like a big time blocker because you do block the straight there. But like. Yeah, does but it Liang matter? doesn't really have that, that often. Because he's usually betting that on the turn. Yeah. I agree. Uh, I don't think. I think we'd rather have two pair than like jack nine here or five, you know, or something like that. I yeah. thought we never could show up with jack nine, I guess. But so it'd be like five nine. So we block the nuts, but. We have a terrible hand, but we block the nuts. So yeah. I would rather have the better, the higher value. Also, we may be able to beat a little bit of value with this hand, which we is we cool. really might. That, you know, that makes me like we're pretty high up in our distribution, and we can beat some value. It's pretty great. But I he think bets so
1: much. Adrian looks tortured by this bet, he by is the way. So unhappy. And with I that. think I know exactly what's going through his mind. He's like, Theoretically, yes. I am absolutely supposed to call. I am spewing equity according to everybody that I talk poker with and all solvers if I fold this hand, but I just know if I call he's turning over a better hand. I just fucking know it. Like yeah. I it's so clear to me. Like I think it may be a little less less
0: direct than that. I think it may be something like you know, I'm supposed to f- I'm supposed to call Obviously, he's got some bluffs. Sometimes I'm good, but I don't think I'm good enough. But it's so close, and all the theory says I'm supposed to call, and I feel the pull of that. Or maybe it's like I'm just barely supposed to call, but I lose so much of the time in practice when I call. Like, I lose a lot that it just feels like trash and awful, and it's going to really affect my tournament
1: to call here. Well, the nice thing for Mateos is he's still going to have like 4.3 million, 43 blinds if he calls and loses. That is
0: very helpful, and makes me... Swing closer to a call anyway, because situationally, we're not crippled. Right. We do stop being the chip leader, but we
1: already aren't going to be the chip leader if we fold, I guess, anyway. Who ca- and who cares? And another benefit of calling and winning is yes. Lil Yang ends up with 12 blinds. And, and we are now the big chip leader. Yeah. I mean, so, this is
0: a big pot. He might just be giving us the tournament right here, you know? like We have to like, be open to that.
1: And think about the situation we're in. If Liang has 12 blinds and we're the big chip leader as Adrian Mateos, we can push the table around until Liang busts. We get a lot of free chips. Also, it's such
0: a weird line for Liang to check raise, check, and then bet way more than pot. It's such a strange thing to do. Like, why would he think we could pay off way more than pot? Like, why would he bet less for value when he has got the strong hands? Why would he think we could ever pay off here? I don't know.
1: I'm sort of wondering that anyway. Me I think too. it's a really strange decision to bet this much. Yep. When you, if you ex- Well, this is the caveat. We're expecting Mateus is going to bet most of his kings on the turn. Yeah. Uh, at least his good ones which you'd be targeting as Liang. So if Liang believes Mateos is checking back those kings, yeah. then it starts to make a little bit more sense.
0: Mateos is probably betting his good kings and checking back a lot of his bad kings, right? Something yeah. like that. So, so now he's targeting the bad kings. Yeah, I guess. Also, we block that. There's only two kings left in the right. deck anyway, but possible, of course, Yeah, but not, not ideal.
1: Anyway, Mateos ultimately calls. Yeah. I which... mean, I
0: think Liang also sized it up partially to make his own decision easier, right? Like on the river. Oh yeah,
1: if Mateos moves in, right? For, he's yeah. just gonna
0: like one point two. Of course, I fold. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, Mateos calls painfully
1: and loses, and then uh, you know does not win the tournament. No,
0: no, he does. He finishes third though. He gets a ladder up a little bit because Jonathan Jaffe finishes even lower. Finishes fourth. That's something. Not Jared Jaffe. He finished like fifteenth.
1: Well, Jonathan Jaffe can be comforted by his dolphin friends. You know? Absolutely.
0: He, well, he, he's going to train them to comfort him. Yeah,
1: that'll be great for him. And he'll
0: set. And he one day he'll wake up. There'll be a knock on his door. And there'll be all these plastic dolphins with a note that says, we're watching you. And it'll be signed, the chickens.
1: And he'll be confused. Sounds great. Speaking of confusing, let's see what the solver has to say.
0: <laughs>
1: all right, it's solver time. Whoopity, whoopity doo da. You You're know? so
0: excited. I love it.
1: Yeah, whoopity solver doo-dah. That's what I say every Thursday. It's the passion, and it comes out. It does. Every Thursday. Yes. But other days, I'm like, ah, solver? No. Thursday's my solver day. Uh, unfortunately, we're recording this on a Monday. So mm. I'm having a rough time yeah. actually dealing with it emotionally. Danny Sprung, no, he's not having a rough time because he's the solver guy. He's the one who did this work. Yep. He's uh, part of our solver team. Yeah. So he's really happy to always talk about solvers. I wish it was Thursday, but I'll talk about it anyway because I mean, I'm a nice guy. Don't.
0: don't like, I'm a nice
1: guy, and I care about the listeners. Don't and,
0: break your back trying to like do work for us, buddy, carrying this burden. Okay?
1: All right. I, I guess maybe you should talk then.
0: Okay. I'm going to do it, Grant. Please do, please do. All right, so here's what Danny had to say. Um, the flop play just looks standard, basically. Mateos is betting this hand, even though it's uh, just a five. He's betting 93% of his range. This hand is part of that, so it makes sense. We we talked about that. We think it's a, just an equity denial play as much as anything. Uh, Michael Lang is check-raising a fair amount anyway, 22% of the time, and this hand always makes perfect sense as well. And Mateos is always calling. Sure. So we, we, we covered all that. Basically, we're, we're on the same page as the solver. Or should I say, the solver, Grant, is on the same page as we are. The
1: solver are. is taking cues from the poker guys these days. It's about time. It is about damn time. Anyway, I think, obviously, this is solver versus solver, based, like yeah. Mateo's calling. If you're playing against a very obvious player, you can never call with his hand, no matter what the solver says. If you're very deep, you can, because you've got your backdoor situation happening.
0: But, of course, yes, against someone who's only always, only going to show up with a good hand always going to have it of course you can fold yeah this is the main event and it's the guy who's
1: terrified and he check raises you here you can just throw your hand away right you're never good but that is not the scenario yeah so let's get to the turn okay where the solver unsurprisingly wants liang to continue which we thought it was a strange check we thought he was probably trying to rep a seven yeah it seemed like it yeah
0: it's pretty interesting actually to try and rep a seven there uh we were wondering if mateo should bet since it seems very easy to put Liang on a seven once he checks. A
1: seven or better. So, like, you have no fold equity against the better hands. The big question is, do you have fold equity against the seven? You're probably up against
0: a seven and a straight draw, but with ICM considerations, could you bluff him out? you think it would be at least possible. Right? right.
1: So, ultimately, the solver kind of agreed with us, it looks like. We, we don't really know the solver's true intention because no. it's AI and it will kill us all. But <laughs> it does want Mateos to bet with his hand one check two on the turn. Yep. Probably as a bluff. I would guess as a bluff. I mean, maybe there's a little bit of equity denial in there because the silver does have more random bluffs on the flop than, than we would put in Liang's range, mm. you know, but, like, ace-wheel type hands. It's not e- denying that much equity, though, if you're denying the equity of one over card, so it doesn't seem like a huge deal. Agreed. Yeah. Agreed. So either way, it wants Mateos to bet the turn. It's reasonable.
0: I can understand Mateos checking back and just being like, it's not worth putting a lot of chips in here. Like, I'm just checking and basically, effectively giving up, right?
1: Until the jack hits the river. Yeah. The solver likes Liang's bet sizing. Danny gave it the option of betting smaller. The solver preferred the bigger bet. Mm-hmm. Makes sense to me.
0: Yep, me too. We like the big bet a lot here. Trying to almost rep a seven that isn't sure where it is and wants to make sure it wins the pot kind of a thing.
1: Unsurprisingly, the solver wants to call with Mateos' hand. Of course it does. Because the solver always wants to call with any good hand. That's, yeah. that's
0: the thing. Well, yeah. it, blocks, it blocks some of the stronger holdings that Liang can have. Yeah. Well, with the five, not so much the jack. I guess it blocks King Jack, though, too.
1: Yeah, which is not likely, really. I nope. guess the solver might check-raise King-Jack yeah. on the flop, but you wouldn't expect a real-life person to do that. Not very often, no. anyway. Not very often. It doesn't seem likely. No. Um, but I guess if the solver were doing that analysis, it would put some, some King-Jack in Liang's range. Yeah, and
0: by the way, you would expect these guys, Mateos might expect a real-life li- real person to do it because he's playing against guys who are trying to be solver perfect some of the time. So he knows that that
1: is in some of those guys' range. Like, Sean Winter might be doing that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Something curious about the river, which it's not curious that the solver wants Mateos to call, no, um, is that it actually wants him to raise a tiny percent of the time, yeah. Isn't that it wants him to jam sometimes?
0: And Danny Sprung, our, our solver, said he was wondering if that was an ICM play as much as anything. To sort of like, I think it's a bluff, it
1: can't be value, right? It it's has got to be a be bluff, a bluff I, guess, I guess, because you block the most likely set set of fives.
0: Yeah, and also, and he can't have kings. We can have Jack Jack. We can have King Jack. Still, it seems wow, super thin. At the same point, if we're Mateus, we're sitting here like, I'm always losing, which, which he kind of thinks he's mostly losing, and he puts the money in. Yeah, he's not he, happy about it. But he's really unhappy about it to the point where he knows he's losing a lot. And a jam is going to clean up some of that, of course. Sometimes he's got an insta-call, and then you've got a real problem. Right? And,
1: so, and you have to be pretty sure you're going to be able to fold out a slightly better hand than Jack-5, which is a pretty <laughs> damn good hand on this
0: board. Yeah, it is. Like is. We're pretty sure Liang is folding King-5 when he sizes it this big yeah. and gets jammed on. Um, but this, is, this sizing also makes it incredibly hard to jam as a bluff, right? right? which is, I guess, one of the reasons why the solver does it. It's like, ha-ha, you don't even know.
1: Well, I guess the solver counters that by you know sometimes jamming Jack Five as a bluff. That's what I mean. Yeah, that's
0: what I mean. It's like it's really hard. It, it, it's almost a merge, you know, when it does that jam. But it it's mostly a bluff. It's got to yeah, be. Yeah, I
1: don't. I don't think it's anything but a bluff.
0: I mean, it's, once, as you said, we can't get into the solver's head nope. without it without it taking over everything. So. Yeah, we have got to be careful about that. Yeah, we do. I've seen those movies, Skynet, more like
1: poker. Guy
0: net, more like poker guys net. Yeah, that's what it is. Yeah.
1: Sorry for destroying humanity, but we were trying to solve a poker hand.
0: (laughs) I mean, that's how it's going to go down, right? Yeah. It's something like that. Uh, In the famous uh, AI article, the Wait What Why AI article, which is fabulous. If you guys haven't read it, you can find it. Uh, Just Google it. Yeah. Um, It's long, but it's great. It is. Um, He... Not really him he's sort of reporting what what researchers and scientists think about this, but like all the smartest people think the way AI is going to kill us all mostly, and the way it's going to do it is sort of by accident it's going be like oh i've got to make you know the ideal you know letter folding paper folding situation here because that's my job is to fold paper, so it kills everyone so yeah. it has more room and it can do it more efficiently basically more
1: resources to fold more paper
0: yeah and that's and, and then it you know eventually takes over the whole universe, and every planet is you know pa- has been terraformed and is paper folding because that's its purpose. So
1: So that's basically what happened in this hand. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Music is my sunlight. And all I need is one mic. And I can show every single MC how it's done right. Every time I come by, I'm bound to leave them tongue I'm sipping on liquor. A quitter is what I'm not. We got one life. And I took a minor break. But I'm back to claim the crown And going to be traveling the globe We still have time to make it